I want to kind of return to something you said earlier, which is that you said you're setting your sights too low if you're just trying to dominate others in this life. Because I think, you know, what we're saying here is that it's about fulfillment. It's about actually recognizing your purpose and going for that, which is unity with God of ego death, realizing you are ultimately nothing and then transcending this world. But still, we have some kinds of, well, we all have different capacities. We all have different ta different talents, which are given to us by God. And we do exist in a world where needs need to be met. So what is the difference in the kind of spiritual theistic outlook on working in the world compared to the atheistic outlook? I think um, it's to do with, <clears throat> part of it is to do with the purpose as to why we're doing the work in the first place. Yeah. Um, I think lots of people who are trying, for example, to get to a high position in their career hmm. will want to do it because they want to attain kind of grandiosity. They want to become, you know, the boss. They want to yeah. be the, the in charge of the organization. You know, some people want to help other people as well, you know, and make, make the society a better place. Hmm. But again, they're very kind of worldly, temporary intentions. Um, intentions. Yeah. Whereas the religious, uh, the purest kind of religious Islamic philosophy is that every act that we should do should be for the sake of God yeah, and should be to try and attain the pleasure of God mm. um, and ultimately try and reflect the attributes of God, mm. of, of mercy, of graciousness, of all, all these kind of things. And I think that that impacts upon morality as well. So for example, um, if we were, you know, truly fearful of God, we wouldn't lie to get to a higher position within a company, for example. Yeah. So our morality and our love for God would trump anything else. Mm. And simultaneously, we would have a trust in God that he would help us and provide for us. So like, even if you want to speak out against something wrong, then you'll you'll do it without that fear of, well, yeah. these people are my providers, my employers. You'll be like, well, God is my provider. Exactly. So, so, I mean, God tells us that we should go out and we should kind of make the world a better place and we mm. should fulfill our roles within society. But we should do them with the correct intentions in mind hmm. and with the thoughts that ultimately we'll be accountable to God. Yeah. But not just that, we should develop a relationship with God such that we have a relationship of love for God and fear yeah. for God so that we don't want to do anything bad, not just for threat of punishment, hmm. but just because of the the devotion and the love we have for him. So then if I'm a, if I'm an atheistic doctor, okay, I mean, yeah. it's, it's laudable in, in, in a sense, yeah. But if I'm doing it, if I'm doing that work for that individual person, as well as maybe my career and my ego, my status, the same, the work will be the same. Whereas if you have a, a theistic spiritual doctor who mm. is then doing that service for other people that he knows are also the creation of God. And therefore mm. it kind of, the intention kind of comes up to God and then returns back to the world in every yeah. act of goodness that they do. It's like, well, I know that you're also a being of God and I want to serve you because I love God. And a creation I, I, of God, not a being of God. Sorry, a creation of God. And I, I love God. Therefore, I want to serve the creation of God. Whereas if you're not that, it's kind of, there's a disconnect. Everything becomes a bit more, a bit less meaningful in your own, your own ego, your own careerism kind of comes into yeah. it. Yeah. I think that's a really good point you made at the end there, which is that your ego fills the vacuum. Mm. Um, I've seen this a lot where, you know, there is the outward display of doing good, mm. but <clears throat> when you plummet a little bit deeper, you realize that actually there's an in inner motivation to do with how are people looking at me, how are people regarding me? What's my title? How many yeah. letters do I have after my name? Right. And I think maybe individually, 
you know, we have one atheistic doctor and one theistic doctor and they have slightly different intentions. It doesn't make a difference. You know, overall, mm. the patients still get saved, all these good things. So happen. outwardly, it looks the same. It looks the same. But I think on a societal level, right. if you have an atheistic okay. society compared to a theistic one, yeah. a true theistic one where people, you know, are, are truly kind of fearful of God. We're not yeah. we're not arguing for a theocracy, just to be clear. No. <laughs> no, or, no. Or, or that other Muslim majority nations have, have this per se either. Yeah, but, but I'm saying if you have a society or a collection or a group of, of people who are, you know, truly religious, yeah. um, then the results will be much better because mm. their intentions will always be good. There'll be less corruption. There'll be less, you know, you can see the effects of the egotism and the, yeah. the, the other kind of vested interests on a societal level. I mean, this comes through in academia as well. We have a friend who, um, who recently left academia at quite a high position, mm. uh, at least largely because he saw how much corruption and dishonesty there was in, um, in this particular field, which yeah. is a very hard science field. <laughs> um, <clears throat> And he said, "I'm trying my best to think of who." <laughs> I'll tell you. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's in kind of ne neuroscience kind of area, and um, and he said that 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 you you could see this deception and dishonesty mm. of these mm. of these apparently acclaimed kind of scientists and intellectuals, and that is that is known to be actually rife. There are anyone who's really embedded in, in academia that be like, "Yeah, that happens," yeah. and then we wonder yeah. why we have this big replication crisis in 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 science. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What were you saying? But you you've even seen it on the wards. Do you feel? Do you have you seen that kind of in your life? In, no, in other doctors I, mean, I work in a very I work with a really nice bunch of people. To be honest, hmm. um, I can't really say anything negative about them. Not least because they might see this. But <laughs> <laughs> no, obviously I wouldn't. It's because it's, it's, it wouldn't be professional anyway. But and and they are lovely people. Um, but I've seen it generally with I've seen it generally with professional people, mm -hmm. which is that you know, people are willing to do good in terms of what is um, uh, socially acceptable yeah. and what is um, going to be of benefit to their career. But if you ask people, are you going to be, this is just a sense, I haven't seen this per se from any individual, but I'm just getting a sense of it from people generally in society, which is that, you know, people, if you ask people, would you be willing to say or do this thing which you think is right mm. but will be something which will invite negative consequences for you mm. right for your career you know naturally the consequences is that people pull back from doing that and the reason ultimately is because again it comes back to this question of purpose <clears throat> this idea that you can be good without god is a big fallacy because you can do good while not believing in god but that will only uh, work um, in accordance with the purpose you set for yourself. As long as it doesn't clash with the purpose you've set for yourself. If you set for yourself the purpose of getting top in your okay. career, right, um, then ultimately, by definition, that is your purpose. So hmm. if anything clashes with that, it will naturally have to fall away. If a mother is, her, her whole focus in life is taking care of her kids, if she has the opportunity to save her child and she has no way of saving a child without harming another child, she will save her child, mm. right? Because that is her purpose by mm. definition. So you come to realize from this kind of thought experiment, which is that the only purpose that actually enables you to behave in a moral way is where your purpose is to behave in a moral way. Mm. Yeah. Right now the question is what incentivizes that perspective on life? Yeah. The only way to incentivize that perspective on life is a belief in God and accountability. Otherwise, at the end of the day, you can't just like 
you know, life is filled with suffering and difficulty and you will be pulled away from that mm. by the necessities of life if it's just a belief, an mm. empty belief with no actual substance behind it, that you will be held accountable for your deeds. I, and, and also this is made explicit in the Quran, perhaps more than any other book. There's, there's a verse which starts by saying, um, God is talking to Muslims and says, you are the best people created for mankind, for the good of mankind, because you enjoin good and you forbid evil. Mm. And I think that's that's showing that it's not a vain boast. It's not saying, oh, Muslims are just by definition the best because they're Muslims. It's saying that the the true Muslim and the true you know definition of a Muslim, really part of it is, or, or the true characteristic of a Muslim rather, is somebody that should enjoin good and forbid evil. So morality mm. has to be their highest purpose, and it's that that makes them the best. Mm. It's not them, you know, being. And, and that's how they serve because you've been raised for, to, as the best of people for the good of mankind. So that's how yeah. they serve mankind is by is by promoting that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, what we're talking about then is actually quite profound because <coughs> we're saying. Yes, that, we are. No, it's true. Can, it's very profound. <laughs> Extraordinarily. <laughs> nah. <laughs> You can um, you can live your life in a, in in an apparently worldly way in the sense that you have a job, you have a family, you're living your life, you're trying to do well in your career, mm. which seems outwardly the same as as the atheist, but at, with a spiritual perspective, you're it's imbued with much greater purpose. And it mm. reminds me of this. You know, there are many hadith qudsi as well, which are sayings of the Prophet Muhammad peace be upon him, which he reported were revealed to him by God about how someone will do apparently a good action, but God won't reward them for it in the next life because they didn't do it for God, mm -hmm. which sounds kind of harsh when you, when you first hear it, but then you realize they've got, God has already made a system where they have been rewarded. If you're doing that, that if you're giving that meal to someone who's poor because you feel like it's a good thing to do, then you have fulfilled that. And if you're doing it for their smile, then you have fulfilled that. And if you're doing that to, to look good in front of others, you have fulfilled that. Whatever you are doing, whatever you are inputting, you're getting the output already because you did it for a worldly purpose the world purpose was fulfilled it's it's, it's been yeah. served yeah but if you do it for god then god rewards you in the next life so you get all the things in this life as well but you also get stuff in the next life and you get a relationship with god so everything you do becomes imbued with purpose and and weight whereas if you have this kind of atheistic outlook everything kind of washes away into kind of vapid vapidity and kind of uh and meaninglessness mm. which is which is amazing because it means that the that any individual can actually seek to have a spiritual life and live a normal life, but that normal life takes on a much more... Um, Heightened sense of meaning. Yeah, and it becomes yeah. suddenly much more profound, even though it's just, maybe you're just working as an Uber driver mm. with your family and trying to eke out a living while going to the mosque and praying at night. That life, which may seem like nothing, actually, you know, every greeting that you give to your, to your customers may actually be something which brings you rewards in the next life and enhances your relationship with God. Mm. So everything becomes so much more real. And also that that remembrance of God, whereby you're remembering God before doing an action and you're mm. doing a good action, God says that it's in the remembrance of God that hearts can find contentment. Mm. And I think it's it's also very beautiful because it shows that whatever our situation, whether we're rich or poor, you know, whatever circumstance we've been brought up, whether we're a quadriplegic or anything like that, God has given equal opportunity for everybody yeah. in a way to attain self-contentment within themselves. Yeah. And it's not know, dependent on uh, on your muscles or whatever. And the extraordinary yeah. thing is it's actually got nothing to do with material accumulation. Mm. It's actually all got to do with your relationship with God. Yeah. And that's something that, you know, you just need to basically turn to God in your heart and speak to God and that door is open for you. Um, so it is extraordinary how people run around 
looking for that. And it's so close. <laughs> it's so close. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. just so close. Hmm. But they haven't got a clue that yeah. it's there. And this is what Allah says in the Quran. It says Allah is closer than you, to you than your uh, life artery. Hmm. Right? Hmm. Um, but people don't realize it. And it's also, I mean, if you want true motivation, that's true motivation. Because the, the dark side of the kind of self-improvement crowd is that in reality... Most people are not going to get that rich. An extremely nasal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're not going to get rich. They're no. not going to. They 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 may be working a really long hard job where they don't have time to to properly work out, or they don't have the mental resources to be you know on it all the time and yeah. you know improving yeah. themselves. Like you can't just. Not everyone can do that. And with this kind of crowd, you could end up feeling like a failure if you can't, even though it's potentially actually kind of structurally beyond you, or it would require mm. you to be so exceptional. Whereas yeah. with this kind of outlook, you can live a fairly ordinary life, but actually be extraordinary. And this outlook also promotes some of the things that the self-improvement crowds do touch upon, such as discipline and such as routine. Yeah. And through things like five times daily prayer mm. that, that Islam um, kind of prescribes, yeah. that provides, even if you do very little else in a day, the fact that you've prayed five times in a day yeah. is, is quite a, you know, quite an achievement. It's quite a good routine mm. and, and a disciplined thing. And then fasted for a month in Ramadan. Yeah. Give every give give charity, you know, out of your income mm. on a regular basis. And in actual fact, the the structure of Islam is such that I was reading um, a sermon by the second Khalifa of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community in this book, excellent book called Mashallah, mm. uh, the Beacon of Truth, Beacon of Truth, Beacon of Youth, Mashallah. I wish I knew Urdu better. Anyway, um, <laughs> and and one of the I'm towards the end of it, Beacon of Youth thing is, and he goes yeah, towards the end of the book. Um, he talks about how, why is it that the West has degenerated in its worship of God? Hmm. Why is religion degenerated? And he says it's because their religion do not prescribe anything for the body. So he talks in this thing a lot about how the body and the soul both need to be engaged in worship. And in fact, one protects the other. The, sp the, the prostration of the spirit gives meaning to the prostration of the body with it. Hmm. But the prostration of the body secures the foundations and protects the, the prostration of the soul, which is that because we have an Islam, a set of postures and set times to do it and, and, and uh, instruction to do it in congregation with other human beings. So mm. there's a degree of accountability there within your local community as well. Um, because of all these things, it means that, you know, mosques are populated throughout the world. But because the Christians just have this notion of prayer, which is just, you know, you just turn to God in your heart and you start talking to God while you're gardening or while you're doing the lawn mowing, etc. And then that's your worship for the day. Because there's no formulaic or formal worship, the consequence is is that you know you can just say, "Well, I've done it," you know, and so it just the habit is lost. Mm. So, and that goes for all of our things. You know, for example, he talks also about how the act of doing good to others is formalized through charity. Mm. Charity has become this becomes a symbol in Islam that you have done good to your fellow human being. And zakat is a necessary. And, and zakat is not is a necessary part of pillar of faith. Whereas in Christianity, it's good to give charity. Yeah, it's great. Is it mandatory? Is anything mandatory? Is worship yeah. mandatory? Is worship mandatory? Nothing's mandatory. Like developing a relationship with anybody, whether it's human or whether it's God, requires regularity and requires discipline. You can't think if I just go, you know, twice a year to church or twice. Sorry, twice a year to you know, see somebody, we're going to have a deep and close relationship. No, exactly. It, it requires a discipline. And I was also thinking about the chat GPT um, answer that, that it gave about finding um, happiness. And one of the things was about building relationships with others, positive relationships. Mm. And through prayer, that's, that's, one, that's one way because 
I mean, I've personally made many friends just by kind of praying with them regularly. And mm. then you kind of grow to meet them and you grow and build a community. Mm. And a lot of people are missing that kind of community spirit today because yeah. in a way the society lacks it. Yeah. And I mean, the best you can do is go play tennis with them or something or, you know. Yeah, that's fun. I do. That is good. Yeah. Um, it's a different, <laughs> it's a different way. Um, but you, it's not, it's not, it's not a, a kind of a shared engagement in something meaningful. Yeah. Like prayer yeah. And again, you know, building the meaning and purpose, which is also what ChatGPT said. Hmm. Um, gratitude. There's nobody to practice gratitude to. I think that was one of the answers. Yeah. Hmm. If you're in an atheistic world, you can be gra grateful to other people. You can be grateful to, you know. In, but in can you really? Because most of them believe, well, the hardened but, atheists intellectually don't believe we have free will. So, I mean, no one had the, the ability to not do good to you anyway. So what are you yeah. being grateful for? Yeah. I mean, they're generally grateful, aren't they? But not to a specific, <laughs> not to a specific thing. There's no target for their gratitude. Whereas, you know, we, we, we have that 